Welcome on. Thank you for tuning in to the Battle for podcast. Podcast focusing on things pro soccer in the DMV and across the United States, as always. This is Jose Amani, sports writer for the Sports Folks, and joining me, as always, Mario Amaya from El Tiempo Latino. Mario, how you doing? I'm doing all right. It seems like DC United never wants to give us a break now, do they? No, as mentioned in the previous episode, for those who tuned in to that magically late episode, uh, <laughs> we were going to take the week off. But then MLS decided right before MLS Cup, because they didn't want anybody t- crapping on their crown jewel, which we'll talk about in a second, they had to finally release the information on two investigations regarding the black and red. First up was the most anticipated Taxi Funtas investigation. MLS said, and this was them on Monday, they said that Taxi Funtas is eligible to play for the 2023 season after its investigation into the possible use of a racial slur during a match against Inter Miami was found to be credible, but unable to be proven. MLS said that the allegation was made by Emmy. Mari might have to help me with the pronunciation of that defender's name, Ambi Mambinka, on September 18th. Yeah, yeah I thought I got closer. <laughs> Against Inter Miami, could not be independently confirmed. However, it was MLS said it could not find, it did not find Taxi Flutas' claim that he said nothing discriminatory or otherwise, at the moment of the confrontation to be credible, quote, video of the incident clearly shows Mimbaba K suddenly reacting to something uh, he Mabika. Be- Mabika reacting to something he believed he heard from Funtas. MLS was unable to independently confirm through an additional eyewitnesses video footage and audio recordings, what Funta said in that moment, as has always been the league's longstanding practice of determining player discipline for these type of allegations. We've gone over this multiple times of what happened following, it was a battle ball between Funtas and Damian Love for control of the ball. Once Love got control, him and Funtas get into a back and forth, first with an ankle clip, then an elbow, both were talking smack. And then Ismail Elfat stopped the game for a few minutes, tried to talk to both players, figure out what happened, talked to Wayne Rooney, spoke to Inter Miami. We found out later that Inter Miami was ready to leave and under what they believed was a racial slur had been said. And then moments later, Elfat gave both players yellow cards. He would be a protagonist later on in this podcast. We will get to that. But Funtas was then subbed out in the 66th minute during the game. And I'm sorry for talking so dang long. But during after being asked by a poll reporter what he had heard or saw, Elfat said no official, including the VAR and the AVR, had heard, quote, any racial or abusive language. Now, here's the kicker. People were expecting that Funtas would get suspended. According to MLS, Funtas, quote, voluntarily remained separated, quote, unquote, from the team and did not play in the team's final two matches. They kind of see that as a self-suspension. Thus, he will be allowed to play for D.C. 
at the start of next season. The league plans to examine its its policies due to related to abusive and discriminatory language. DC accepted the findings as well, felt that it could not it, it conducted its own interviews and said they could not find anything of itself through multiple angles of the audio and video broadcast. Fulta said at the end of all this on a Twitter statement, quote, I am happy to announce that the investigation of the MLS concerning accusations of racism has, is finished and closed. No evidence of racial behavior by me. I always respect the culture, religion, and every human, unquote. United also is said to that Funtas was very cooperative throughout the entire league investigation. I am tired of talking. Mario, your reaction to the findings focusing on Funtas, and it was this correct by the league? It was correct that they did the investigation, like any good like league or corporation would do in some kind of these accusations. But it also feels like a damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of a kind of ending uh, ending to this investigation because again there I believe there was something that was said but there was never any like audio that could prove it and if it, it feels like this was something that was that this investigation was carried on just on the just basically on the mere on the mere basis of we want to find what was actually said but nothing was Nothing was in was on the record or any recordings or any angle camera angles of the incident was you could find was set that taxi actually said some, something racist. I do but I also do believe that maybe just maybe DC United and, and this has been something that we've talked about in the past and we've talked about it off the record as well. Like there could be, this could be a, a way for DC United to try to sell taxi, but that's far, that's pretty much uh, something that that's more speculative than more, more than anything else. But I'm just kind of glad that MLS came to some form of conclusion, even if it isn't the conclusion that some people may have wanted, but there was a thorough investigation to this, to this incident. I think I do agree with you on the case that MLS was stuck, that there was no actual evidence, audio, video, otherwise. And that is why they carefully stuck in there. We're going to reevaluate our policy because the real, the fact of the matter is MLS is stuck in a situation where if they can't prove it, but you have multiple people saying they heard it, but they can't prove it either, it's an issue. Look here, guys. For those who don't know, my past, I've worked with DC United in their events operations. If you guys don't need me to remind you, MLS have access to all their cameras in their buildings. Do you guys not remember the secret camera that caught Bobby Boswell and, uh, with, a, with a foul that no one had seen, and then he was suspended, correct me if I'm wrong, Mario, for the playoffs? So, Or it was a late-season game. It was a late-season game. I think it was a late season game where he got suspended. I think it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And it was a very peculiar angled camera that's located underneath the broadcast booth at RFK Stadium. Damn, RFK dry snitched on DC United that day. <laughs> so, just, 
Audi Field is well equipped with all kinds of cameras and the mics are perfectly positioned in every corner to grab anything. See Alejandro Bedoya's plea for uh, kicking guns off the streets as your example of how many mics there are all over the building. He grabbed a mic. (laughs) (laughs) So when they can't prove it, but that part of the policy is it must be proven, the MLS is stuck. However, when you say you don't trust Taxi, because Taxi said he said nothing, but we clearly see he spoke, I don't care what DC United says, and I don't care what Taxi says at that point. He's an untrustworthy narrator. I can't trust what he's saying. If he's saying he didn't say nothing, but the video at least shows you said something. Also, you oh, he, oh. also it show it shows that you said something because you're not going to get that kind of reaction from Miami in, in the, at that moment in time where they're threatening to walk out. But forget and, that, forget that. What I'm saying is, he came and told investigators he said nothing. Bro, I saw your mouth open. We all saw your mouth open. You said something, and it caused a reaction. You told the investigators you said nothing either. I'm not blind and I'm not stupid. You're not going to insult my intelligence when I'm watching the video and I'm seeing you said something. At that point, the league had to say something. And and, and I kind of agree with the speculative theory that this could be a way out for United if they're interested in getting out of the taxi full-time business. Or that... They want, because their policy says they need audio, video proof, they're stuck. So, because they don't have John Boy, who could, uh, Greek edition, that could read lips, we will never know what was said. And we don't, and the guy doesn't speak perfect English, but I cannot say that is a good logical reason either, because you learn English in the locker room. They're playing music. We're reason to believe that Taxi hadn't picked up words since coming in here in May. I'm, again, I'm not dumb. I saw Taxi say something. The league doesn't believe his story that he said nothing. At that point, because the policy that the league has, yes, Taxi gets an out, but an out. DC, yes, he faced a two-game suspension. The ball is back in DC's court. If they want to do more, they can. I don't expect them to. We see it going on right now with Kyrie Irving, where it took another week of crap being said and no apologies or whatever. And it didn't feel like he learned his lesson for them to finally do something. In this case, MLS is saying, look, DC and I at least attempted to do something. Told Taxi to stay home not participate. We'll accept that. But really, if I'm a fan, I'm looking at DC United like, yeah, he didn't play them two games, but that was more of you covering his ass. And and I would look at that and go, what are you going to do now? The ball is back in DC's court. And that's the reality of the situation. People don't realize that MLS is giving them an out. And the players' union would have fought back had Taxi gotten a league suspension. If DC comes and says Taxi still needs to do more to show repentance, sure. But I do believe that fans cannot react the way they reacted. 
we have been told he did face some threats. What I can say is his taxi is adamant um, that he hasn't said the word which he was accused of. Um, I know it's been very difficult for him, um, for his family, um, seeing things online, just getting a lot of abuse. So it's been really tough for him. Um, so he's, he's going to stay in in Greece um, for a few days because mentally it's it's a it's a serious situation and he's he's struggling um, a bit mentally with it. So um, we're, we're respecting him and we, we want him to get right. And obviously while we're waiting for the conclusion of, of the investigation, but I, I can't stress obviously speaking to Taxi, he's adamant um, that he's, he's done no wrongdoing. So um, I think the most important thing is now is um, we give him the time to be with his family and we await the outcome of the investigation. Yeah, we need to monitor the player, I think, um, because um, it's a serious accusation. Um, it can have a real impact on you mentally as well. So we need to monitor the player and do um, what's right for him, but what's right for the team as well. So um, we're, we're staying on top of it, we're monitoring it, um, and because for himself and his family, I've, I've really struggled with it. So um, yeah, I think we, we've, we've done everything we can in terms of helping the MLS with the investigation. Um, we await the outcome. Um, but the player's mental health is, is important also and um, we need to make sure um, that's right um, and obviously um, pending the, the results of the investigation. And I'm not for that. I'm not in for that and that's why I've had to cut you off because you've been trying to butt in here but I feel like it needs to be said that Taxi did face some threats which was part of the reason why he didn't come back and they told him to stay in Greece. They told him let's wait until everything calms down and the decision is made. I'm fine with that, but I do think he can't come back on the field scot-free. DC United now has the ball back. And let's say this is all we could do, dude. Here's the ball back in your court. And I do think that Taxi needs to readdress the situation. Taxi needs to say something along the lines of what happened. And he honestly can't, he shouldn't play the first three games, in my opinion. The first, the league penalty is five. The bare minimum is five. Mostly they get ten. I would say taxis out for the first three games of the season for us. That's our self-punishment because we know he said something. I don't care if he cooperated in the investigation or not. He told the league he didn't say anything, and I am not blind. That man said something to cause a reaction. He said he said nothing to the league. He said he said nothing on a Twitter post. He said something to cause a reaction. And as a minority, I can't sit here and look like Boo Boo the Fool. Uh, he said something, and he needs to be punished for whatever he thinks he, he didn't say. He said something to cause a reaction, and it caused this whole mess. He ruined the end of the season. For however well stood the, for, forget the fact that they were already tanking. They, he messed up whatever Wayne had planned. He messed up everything the team had planned. The dude's got to face something. He can't just get away scot-free. Oh, yeah, and I think the other thing you got to think about is the, the internal, the inter, what's going on internally. Like, not only did you, pit, did you piss off 
players on, on your opponent's side in Inter-Miami for whatever you said. You also got to face the consequence of the of your own teammates because I'm pretty sure they're, that that didn't sit well with them, and especially with the play with the players of, of color, like Chris Aduiachim, for example. They probably saw that as, we can't really stack, stack, stick our neck out for this guy right now because something was said. What was said? We we don't know, but like you said, he did say something. You you can't you can't say you didn't say anything, and then have them have this kind of reaction. There has to be some punishment involved, obviously, and also you not only is there got to be like some form of repentance that DC United's going to tell him this is one way to repent. You got to also find some form of repentance and remorse with your teammates because they probably feel hurt. Of what of everything that's gone on and and you cut and you deal with them you deal with them every day so that that's something that that also has to be addressed if you're DC United. I agree with you. There's probably going to be up. He's probably not going to play the first three games of the season if he sticks around the club this long. And so, and also the other thing you address the threats. That's not one way to go about what somebody did. I feel like that. That's also best up. Like you can't threaten somebody just for some. You can't threaten anybody. I think that's pretty much in any in any way, shape, or form. So that's wrong. But at the same time, but as well, this has just been one situ. This has just been one mess situation. This has been just one messy situation, and I think DC United has to totally address it in the off season. And see how you move forward for this. Maybe there, there is some repentance to, to for taxi further down the line, or maybe they will let him go at the end of the season. Yeah, for me, I bring up my personal belief here because I see it as he said something and he's trying to treat me like I'm stupid. I don't do well with people who think I'm stupid. You said something. You said something, and you're telling him unless you can say nothing. I'm not stupid. And we're going to get into another situation where someone thinks I'm stupid. And we'll get into that in a second. But I think Taxi does need to do something. Um, and if he doesn't do anything, there is a segment of the fan base that feels that Taxi shouldn't be here. And DC9 is going to have to address it themselves and what they need to do. And it's partially our responsibility as journalists to ask, does the team plan to do an additional punishment? And it's also our responsibility to, um, it's not just journalists' responsibility, it's the fans' responsibility to say, well, we're not going to provide money towards this operation until we figure out what's, what's going on here, if you feel that strongly. Right now, we're seeing a lot of little little battles back and forth between the front office and the ticket staff with the supporters groups because of ticket pricing that are allegedly going up. I don't know much about that end, and we did not come prepared to talk about that. But that's out there. It would be dumb not to talk to mention that that's out there. And so you have that situation. You have the other investigation we're going to discuss, and then you have this taxi situation. DC has to address it. There's this is no longer the era of RFK where you could just. Hope that because of goodwill, we'll be fine. Like, no, this is no longer this era anymore. You have to start addressing things. And, and also, like, you got to realize there's a lot more visibility and a lot more eyes in on DC United na- nowadays. 
and not just from a product standpoint on the field. You also have the social media engagement aspect of it. So there is a lot more going on, and it's just not what gigs used to be probably like 10, 15 years ago. Well, not even just that. You're going, you're hosting the, the one of the league's crown jewel events next year. So all the eyes are on you. So going forward, everybody's going to be wondering well, what's going on in D.C. You're going to get more attention than you're used to because you're the home of the All-Star game. Everybody's going to be wondering who's playing in the All-Star game. You have Leagues Cup next year. You're going to have a couple of Mexican teams play here. People are going to be wondering who the Mexican team is going to be playing here next year because this area loves international football. So you're going to have more attention than usual, and you're going to have to address when one of your best players isn't available, or you're going to have to address why one of your best players said something and wasn't punished for it. So, again, I'm only bringing up my personal belief that he deserves a second punishment from the club that they believe the findings from the league and they feel that there's a, a second punishment that needs to be doled out. If the if there's an issue with the players' union, then I cannot wait to hear that because I think, honestly, there is no... DC could provide its own punishment simply because while they say he was cooperative based on MLS's findings, he said he said nothing. Like, I can't, again, you can't treat me like I'm a fool. That's where I'm coming hard you're, at the most. Yeah, you're, you're kind of, you, with Taxi saying he didn't say nothing, you're covering up the fact that you said something. So, there, there like, I, like I've stated before, there is no kind of reaction that the way that Inter-Miami in, uh, reacted of what happened that day if you didn't say anything. You said something. But like you said, you tried to play us like fools, and that's just not going to fly. Before I let go of this topic, all I'm going to say is everyone's noticed that the Players' Union has not said anything. I want to know what the Players' Union's going to do moving forward with this well, situation. Well, they're not going to be able to do anything. They're going to stand by taxi, obviously. But I'm just saying, what are the other higher-ups in the Players' Union thinking right now? Because... Yes, the ball is technically back on D.C.'s court, but where do you side on the issue? MLS is saying they don't believe Taxi. So if D.C. were to say we're going to punish him or if they just say we're going to sell him, are you cool with that? And also, how do your black players react to this situation or your other minority the, players? I think that's the other the other one that we keep forgetting is the Black Players Coalition. We want, I want, it's interesting to see what they think about this situation as well. Yeah, and I'm not comparing this to the other cases because all of them got caught on air on audio clips. All of them got caught on video clips, and referees have reported all the other situations. There's a situation in Columbus and one in Portland. They all were caught visibly. This one, because, again, we can't read Greek clips, and we don't have John Boy, the Greek edition. We don't know if he said something in Greek. We don't know if he said something in English, Spanish, German. We just don't. So I don't want to discriminate either. So all I'm saying is good luck, DC, on that one. Like that, that's a I'm telling you, I'd punish him for two or three more games, but that's my opinion. I say I go for the full five just to give an example, to be honest with you. We'll see what happens with DC going forward on that one. We got investigation number two, and that is where the 
outside the sports world has been reacting to, and that is DCI being fined $25,000 for failing to comply with the league's diversity hiring policy when it was filling in its vacancy this midseason. According to the league, clubs are required to interview, quote, two or more candidates from underrepresented groups, whereby at least one candidate must be Black or African American. According to DC United, it met with two candidates that fell under the category. The league says only one of those interviews deemed to be a finalist for the job. So DC United was required to interview a second candidate from the underrepresented group or request a waiver explaining why they were unable to follow the policy. DC responded to that saying, essentially, the candidate in question accepted the interview request, followed the interview process, and then at the end of the interview, did not want to accept the job mid-season and wanted to start it off-season in order to, quote, implement their style of play. Quote, upon learning this conclusion of the interview, the club then focused its attention for the remaining finalist candidates for the mid-season head coaching opportunity. United said the league determined that once they hired Wayne Rooney, they failed to comply with the policy resulting in the fine. I do stress we need to stop I heard this on ESPN. We'll get into them in a second. We do have to stress DC United is not fully 100% lily white. The past couple of seasons, DC United has made diversity hires in its front office, including hiring Danita Johnson as the first black president of an MLS club and adding Lucy Rushton, who was recently let go as its general manager. The club said it would respect the league's decision and its findings in the hiring process. We'll get into my opinion sec. Go ahead, Mario. What are your thoughts on this one? Boy, somebody has to lose their job for failing to meet this requirement right here. You just cost me 25 grand. Like, somebody has to go. The fact that you need to really find two, can like, two cup candidates of color, like, knowing that either way you're going to hire Wade Rudy anyway, like, that's no known that's not a secret to anybody, but just the fact that you failed to absolutely follow this part of the procedure is kind of a terrible faux pas on DC United's part. We've been talking about this off the air, and I, I told you what I think. This is worse than the taxi situation just for the fact that it bothers me that Lucy Russian got fired. And yet, there is a gentleman currently working as the president of soccer operations, and this falls under their purview. If that, if MLS is saying, so I'm translating what MLS is saying for those who don't know. MLS is saying because you were going to make a midseason hire, all your candidates needed to be a midseason hire in the midseason hire cycle. This candidate pulled themselves out of that hiring process when they said they wanted to start at the end of the at the start of next season. That meant that DC was required to make that hiring, to find another candidate or ask for a waiver. If you find your if you found your head coach by that point, you had to ask for a waiver. Here's my thing: 
This falls under the purview of who's in charge. Dave Casper is in charge of soccer operations. Allegedly, Lucy Russian is the general manager. Both of them are in charge of hiring the head coach, allegedly. If this comes out and I am the owner of this team and I'm actually responsible, I am not having this on my record. We are firing everyone. That is just not a starter. That's a non-starter because let's say you're confused. Who do you call? The league. Let's say this happens. Who should you call? The league. You should call HR. Are we following the policy? You finally got an HR department when you opened this building and you failed basic HR 101. How is it possible that this club allows this to happen in 2022? It is, it is astounding. And he still has a job. You're going to be, Lucy Russian was not taking credit. We were there at the press conference, Mario. We were there. Who was taking all the credit of the hiring? Okay, Ownership and Dave Casper. They're all, oh, yeah, Wayne Rooney, you know, yeah, we were, we were talking for him for weeks on end. Hold on, wait, wait a minute. Remember the press conference? We had we got a chance to listen to what Dave Casper had, had to say. He went on a good, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes just blabbing about how this was a great hire for Wayne Rooney. How did you fail to realize that you screwed up on MLS protocol on not following these procedures prior to this? Not only that, the arrogance when Paolo Mara asked him to answer the question when asked, did you follow the diversity policy? To say, we followed all policies. That's cap! That's cap! Sorry, if you want me to tone it down, that's a lie. The lie detector to test determined that was a lie. By Here's Paul. my thing. No, you're good. Here's my thing. If, let's say, they did follow the policies, and then at the last minute this candidate says, well, I want the job mid-season. At that point, you call the league and you say, yo, this is what's going on. What do you recommend? Do I need to do another hire? Do I, I do, do another interview? Do, can I ask for a waiver? Like, this is a new rule. It's a new rule. Plead ignorance. The worst you, The worst thing you could do is say you know something and you pretend you know something when you really don't. I look at Lucy. She's not taking credit. And she got fired anyway. Other reasons why she got fired. Also, let's not forget Lucy Russian posted some shade on that incident with a tweet. I'm not dumb. All right. I'm not dumb. Again, we're going back to what I said about the first investigation. Don't treat me like I'm dumb. I'm not dumb. If, the, if MLS is saying you get a waiver. Bro, I lived off a of free lunch. I know what waivers are. All right. So I know what those <laughs> are. All right. You can you fill it out and you say, hey, look, I don't got the money. Can you please provide me lunch? Here's the proof that I don't have the money. Provide me the proof that you did your due diligence. MLS is saying DC and I didn't even ask to provide for proof. Bro, if you knew that again, you just hired an HR department. You just this is a new rule. If you're not sure, before you make Wayne Rooney sign the dang papers, ah, you can't, you can't tell me this is such a fit. And look, they did this. Let's be real. You want to be real talk. They did not need to bring in Wayne Rooney two days after 
they got spanked by a by a touchdown by the eventual Eastern Conference champions. Like they didn't need to rush that. And this is more evidence that they rushed the Wayne Rooney hire. And I feel bad for Wayne because he's actually a decent guy. He probably is qualified for the job. But DC United rushed a process that was unnecessary. I'm trying not to cuss here. It was unnecessary to rush it when you could have called the league and say, hey, this is where we are. We really like Wayne. We kind of want to hire him. But are we messing up here? We don't want to get in trouble. It's a new rule. Plead ignorance. Don't plead this asinine confidence. Then you get in trouble and fine. And again, I have slowly regressed to the fire Dave Casper clan. This is more evidence why he needs to go. How how do you not use your HR department is my question. You you knew you had to go through them. Again, there's several ways you could have circumvented around it. Plead ignorance, have a waiver. But nah, I feel like Dave Casper on this on, on this process was like, <laughs> we don't need to ask the league for anything. We got this. We interviewed an African-American, sure. Let, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, we'll be totally fine. What's the worst that could happen? You fool. You just got, they just, your team got fined $25,000 for you not doing your due diligence. If you don't do your due diligence, like, I'm sorry. You gotta go. Because that is a very fireable offense. And if you're the ownership team, you're like, you're, you're costing me money. On a brand new rule that you could have investigated with this HR team, but your arrogant self decided, <laughs> nah, we're fine. We got this. We did it. And we went through every policy. Oh, what do you mean we didn't do that? Oh, MLS is investigating this? Oh, crap, we're screwed. Yeah, you deserve to get fired. And that's just something that is very inexcusable. There, there is pleading ignorance, and there's just plain old ineptitude. And this is a strong case of plain old ineptitude and... Ne yeah, ineptitude. There's no other way to put it. This was the most inept thing you could do, and it's costing you dearly. All I'm going to say is that I felt that... I mentioned ESPN earlier. I felt that Football Americas, um, Herc Gomez kind of speaking of ignorance when it came to this felt like he read the press release and didn't fully read dc united side i'm coming at it reading both sides and realizing dc united admitted ignorance like you said and pure incompetence but i will agree with sebi salazar in this aspect the only reason dave casper has a job is because it's coming from the top and it's ownership and ownership is allowing this to continue. I don't care if you're, he's helping Wayne because he doesn't know the salary cap. There are dozens and dozens of people who work in Major League Soccer that knows the salary cap. You can hire 500, you can hire every journalist from the Athletic, ESPN, The Post, all these journalists know the salary cap. There's a dedicated podcast on The Athletic about the salary cap, for Jesus Christ's sake. So you have options. Don't say that there's an. Oh, also, I feel like if you're going to interview two candidates of of color, you could have easily interviewed Dennis Hamlin and Zach Thornton. It's not like they're doing much of anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't 
it comes from the top. When you allow things like this to happen, it comes from the top. And I'll give, I'll give Sebi Salazar his credit, but this is his own. I'll give him his credit. Ownership is lacking responsibility on how they're treating not just this club, but Latin United. Points ranked among MLS teams and USL teams in 2022. DC United ranks 52nd. Latin United ranks 51st out of 52 teams, out of 55 teams. Out of 55 teams, they rank 52 and 51. Goals four, tied for 53rd, both teams, out of 55 teams. Goals against, fifth and fourth, uh, respectively. Losses by three games or more, both are tied for third. That's your club, Jason Levian. That is your squad. That is your front office. You okay with that? I'm not even going to get into Sebi's argument about the stadium. We've talked about that at nauseum. I'm talking about the right here, right now, and the squad in its direction. You okay with that? You okay with the way it looks? You okay with the fact that it's going to get extra publicity with an all-star game coming up? And then you're okay with it looking this bad, this terrible at this time period? You okay with that? You okay with players allegedly saying racial slurs? Are you okay with... Um, incompetence in your front office? Are you okay with having international games with very few security, allegedly, and situations where your own staff are getting punched in the face, allegedly? Are you okay with that? I'm asking because if you're okay with that, then this club is going down a bad, bad place. If you're not okay with it, you need to make some changes. Oh, yeah, no, this is all this that you just mentioned. It's pretty much just a congruence of total, just pretty much symbolizes what this club's kind of become in 2022. And with those numbers right there, I don't think I'd be able to sleep at night if I'm if I'm Jason Levy or if I were part of a competent ownership team. But, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I only bring this up to say if you're an owner who's responsible, an owner that cares, an owner that's there, this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen at all. The valuation of this club keeps going up, but you have not done nothing on the field to make it look like the $700 million valuation it is. Right. I mean, the valuation goes up, but the product on the field continues to go down. And imagine if it was good. Imagine if it was, I'm not even saying good. I'm saying imagine if it was competent. Imagine if it was worth watching. I'm not even saying the Hernan version. Imagine if it was Ben Olsen still getting at least you a third place. I'm not saying by style. But people would listen and be like, oh, but I went to style. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're just talking about pure results here. Pure, pure results. results. Pure, pure results. results. It'd be better. But the evaluation continues going up. When the product is just god awfully mediocre, and that's something that should get to you as an ownership group. When the product is mediocre, but your evaluation goes up, maybe you should level up with the with the evaluation that you're getting. That's all we're saying. Or maybe you're just fine with it because the money's coming in. Again, I stressed this a couple of times in this podcast. 2020 was supposed to be the original boom year. It essentially became two years later due to the pandemic. Is that venue is getting events? It's being used multiple things. It's getting money. 
which was was supposed to always be a revenue maker. They're finally going to break ground on the hotel that's supposed to be across the street soon. They're going to be making money hand over fist, but your product stinks. Your product stinks. Your front office stinks. Are you okay with that? If you are, then maybe you're the problem. You know, that's just food for thought right there. Just saying. Speaking of a team that's not the problem, it's LAFC. LAFC. <laughs> LAFC finally claimed the big one, and that is their first MLS Cup title after winning a shootout against the Philadelphia Union on Saturday. It was clearly setting to be a Philadelphia championship. However, Gareth Bale, superstar, got signed in late June, leaving Real Madrid, heads in across. Had Dave Casper punching the air when it happened? Yes, remember, guys, Gareth Bale was originally ours. <laughs> so, remember those rumors? <laughs> the Gareth Bale that should have been on DC United instead scores game time goal, forces penalty kicks where that's where LAFC would win it to capture their first league title. Mario, vindication, exasperation. <laughs> what did you think of yesterday's final? Okay, pardon my French when I say this, but holy shit, what an MLS Cup. That has to be one of the better MLS Cups I've seen in some time. This thing had everything. It had chaos. Actually, let's just say this final kind of was the epitome of embrace the MLS chaos. It was great from start to finish. And it was pretty much a fitting ending between two of the bet that feet in a final that featured two of the best teams in MLS. Let's face it, like this was a really great game, start to finish. Both teams were were up for it. LAFC was pretty much up for it from the start. If you saw the tifo, uh, the tifo display by thirty by thirty two twenty five with the with Goku and the fire. First off, that is. One of the best team. That is a TIFO display worth of a final, goddammit. That is a TIFO display worth of a final. And I feel like Philadelphia thought they had it won because of all the madness that ensued towards the end where Maxime Crepeau gets ejected, originally got a yellow card, but and breaks his leg in the process, and the goalkeeper not being warmed up, like not properly warming up, you think that you thought Philadelphia would have it in the bag, but I just didn't expect Gareth Bale, a man who has won multiple Champions Leagues and single-handedly guided Wales to a World Cup, to score an equalizing goal to blow the roof out of that building. I don't think I'm describing it enough, but other than that, this final was pure MLS chaos at its finest. It was chaotic. It was fun to watch. Um, John McCarthy Right before the start of that second overtime period, it was getting... I don't know if you saw it on the English feed. I was watching the Spanish feed. They kept panning to McCarthy, who was a Philadelphia native. Um, Apparently, he had done well in a penalty kick situation in League's Cup. Had They thought, oh, they maybe will switch the keeper. I never thought Crippo would come out at all. He was having a great game up to that point. And, well, a serviceable game for a goalkeeper, despite surrendering two goals. But the leg break, I mean, he comes out with the, the slide tackle attempt to try and scare Corey Burke. Corey Burke. And Corey Burke, I mean, 
we mentioned in the last podcast, that's a man child right there. He was coming full speed. That man, first off, that man trucked three NYC defenders in the Eastern Conference final. Not not body them off a ball. He straight up trucked them. I feel like he stiff armed somebody in the process somewhere. But again, he was coming full speed ahead off a terrible mistake. I think it was from Ibiaga who just played the ball back horribly. And it forced Maxime Crepeau to come out of his out of his box and pretty much just go with a last ditch attempt to take the ball off of Corey Burke. But it was and, a terrible slide. He ends up at the same time where his cleat stops in the mid grass. So I was one of the I was one of the crazy people that went back and found the replay and watched it because credit or non credit to the broadcast team, they didn't want to show it, especially once you see what it is. So when you see him go for the slide, his bottom cleat gets stuck a little bit on the grass, and then you have Corey Burke going full speed, runs into him on the leg, creates the leg break. You don't immediately, if you watched enough of UFC fights, you know that's a leg break. You see the leg, you've seen it when it dangles. You know that's a leg break. If you've seen enough NFL games, you know when it's a broken leg. You've seen those leg breaks. You've seen that enough. I don't need to be more descriptive than that. It's my fact. <laughs> no, no, correction. MLS referee of the year is my fact. How the F did you think that was a yellow card? <laughs> he came off his line. He's coming, sliding in at the last second. Corey Burke cannot hit eject. And he ends up injuring Corey Burke. How do we still not know his injury status, by the way? My man was on the ground for a while, too. And and he somehow was able to walk, try. And after that freak, that, the goal, he ends up having to be subbed off. And he's limping. I won't be surprised if he broke a couple of toes or maybe his foot. Because the impact of that tackle was just awful. <laughs> but how? How? And then also, did, mind you, it wasn't that VAR in the moment called him and said, hey, uh, dude, that's a red. There was a long minute, because they're attending the Krepko, that the VAR either decided to take its time and also buy fries and, 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 and chicken tenders. And in a a subway sub while they're waiting for this guy to be wheeled out. But there's a long period where he does nothing. And I made the joke to you. And he said, and you can remember, I said, watch, Krepo will be going off the field and and forget Esma Alpha will be like, I got to check. And and then would give him the red card. It was all he gave him the red card while he was on the stretcher. He gave him the right card while he was on the stretcher. I think me and you were talking, and next thing you know, I'm like, that's a red. Then Ismail Elfat pulls a yellow card. I'm like, sir, he's the last man standing. Figuratively, because while Craig Bo fractured his leg, he gives him a yellow. And we're just sitting here flabbergasted going like, that's a straight red. How on earth is that a yellow? How on, Make earth, it be- how on earth, once I see the medical team on the field, how on earth are you not doing your job as the referee, going to the side, going to the VAR check? And a matter of fact, FIFA, this is why the VAR check needs to be faster. 
The VR tech should have just been, hey, you should go to the camera. Because he doesn't ever go to the camera. He, to this day... This motherfucker doesn't even believe in VAR to begin with. I'm not going to go there. Because he saved our butt with the Lucha Rugo. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) He actually went to the camera for that one. I will say for this one, though, he could have given him that card there. Instead, we had a whole sequence, mind you. We had a whole sequence of LAFC thinking, okay, we just have to switch a goalkeeper. A whole sequence there. And then randomly, he's got a red. Now if you're LAFC, you're like, well, crap. Now I need to pull a player and get my goalkeeper. That's absurd. That's absurd. It should have been from the moment the medical team comes out, the referee needs to go talk to his VAR. If they say, hey, go look at the camera, that should all be done while he's getting checked. They can still tend to him, and we can still have a stoppage in play. But this should not have taken the full nine minutes to review and then finally pull the dang record. It should not. All right, so I found out who got subbed off for John McCarthy. It was Opoku, who came in in midway through the second half for Chicho Arago. Well, that would explain <laughs> why they lacked an F. Outside of the fact that they were down to 10, it explains why they were offensively deficient those last seven minutes until the free kick. I mean, until the corner, the the cross to to Bale. Because I was like, okay, Philly scored, but they have two strikers out there, Poku and Bale. Turns out, boy, I I must be deaf, dumb, and blind, according to MLS. I I I think none of us paid attention in that sequence. Because we're just so worried about, like, oh, damn, Crepo's out. Not only that, he's going to miss the World Cup. That's Canada's number two. That's their set. That's their sec. That's their backup goalkeeper. Maxime Crepo is out for the World Cup, folks. Well, nobody wants to say that now, but when you have a complete leg break, you're out. It's just, let's not even lie. This isn't the Charlie Davies situation where we, we hope he can come back. Like, no, no, no. This ain't that. This, he's, he's gone for a full year, and I hope he gets better. The whole final was just nuts. I'm going to steal a line from, um, from Univision where the post game, they said, you know, I thought 96 was the best MLS Cup final. It had everything, and it was the first. But this one was way better in terms of the drama. It wasn't that it was because of pure soccer. It was just the drama, the, the ebbs and flows of the game. Philly mucked it up early in the second half to get the control their way, and it, they took advantage of it. They got a lead. They looked like poised to win it. Then LAFC did their thing, and then we go to extra time, and it was just pure madness. And... Gareth Bale, man, you're worth the $1.5 million they're allegedly paying you. Like, you're worth the one, the $1 million in, in damn money. Oh, uh, but so, uh, Dave Casper inside, inside his house watching that game. That should have been us, not them. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you could argue that, but my counter would be no. LAFC has been this team of destiny for the past three seasons. They've had a well, also if you're if you're the LA Galaxy right now, you're never living this one down. Not only did your noisy neighbors win an MLS Cup, they beat you to get to said MLS Cup. They beat you. 
that's two playoffs. That's two playoff meetings in a row, LA Galaxy. That LAFC has your number. Well, one can argue that this year they constructed a well-balanced roster of MLS bets combined with the international stars that they have. They have a good, a good balanced roster. Such a good balanced roster. I completely forgot Christian Teo was playing for LAFC. <laughs> yes, Christian Teo, who shot probably the worst penalty kick I've seen in a long, long time until today. Uh, <laughs> watching the ML, watching the Salvadorian League Cup final, semifinal. Uh, that was crap. Um, but <laughs> oh, was awful. What are you talking about? That, that was god-awful. <laughs> Christian Teo took a terrible penalty kick, but... They have such a well-adjusted, complete roster. And heading into the next season, they're going to only add, like, we talk off the clock. We talk off camera here. And we're like, oh, man, like, Bill Hamid's gone. He's probably going to St. Louis, even though they've spent a DP spot on a goalkeeper. Um, but he's probably going to St. Louis or going to someone like Chicago that's going to need a keeper. Now a crapo out. Can you imagine? Freaking Bill Hamid playing for this darn team. Like, that team's going to be scary next year. They're going to have Gareth Bill for a full, what they say, a full season. That's if he's not <laughs> golfing at Pebble Beach two-thirds of the time, but sure. I mean, barring injury, if if they can figure out chemistry-wise how to fit him, him, Tucharongo, Bale, I mean, uh, Carlovella. <laughs> not only let's not let's not forget they got Giorgio Chiellini, arguably one of the best de- defenders to ever come out of Italy in some time on that roster, and he was oh, on the bench. He didn't even play after a great semifinals. Didn't play well semifinals, Western Conference Finals, but he didn't even play. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is. Man, that squad is good. They deserve the championship mainly because it's I-95. And if they want to make DC United rivals, there should have been uh, a flood of DC United fans on the Twitters and the socials. Y'all like to get mad at people. Y'all should have been celebrating like like you won MLS Cup. Watch your Philly lose that heartbreaker. You know, you know, you know, you know which uh, set of fans was really celebrating the fact that they want that the Philly lost the MLS Cup. New York City FC fans. You know what other set? The ones that can never win one. The New York Red Bulls. (laughs) They they should be really happy. Man, I'm just mad that they made the playoffs playing so god awful. But yeah, you're right. They should be really happy. Because could you have imagined if Philly were to win one before the Red Bulls? (laughs) <laughs> Dude, New York City FC won a MLS Cup before the Red Bulls, and they're only five years old. And that's what I'm saying. Imagine Sorry, seven years old. Imagine the whole I-95 corridor. You have us, Philly, and New York City FC win titles before that squad. This ain't even shade of the Red Bulls. We just, I, I immediately text him, I say, thank goodness. Philly didn't win. He's, Lord have, I was more praying for Red Bull fans at that point because Lord have mercy. The words we would have said to that squad, <laughs> the Disney, the reigning Disney Cup champions. Hey, hey, hey! You do not disrespect the, you do not disrespect the Emirates Cup winning New York Red Bulls ever on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. 
them and their legend, Mickey Mouse, from Disney Cup champions. I have to, I mean, outside of that squabble and rivalry, I do think Philly's had a great performance, but outside of what LAFC did, they had their individual showed up. Andre Blake. I mean, <laughs> the, I mean, you got you you got yo Andre Blake. You you got outperformed by John McCarthy. John McCarthy only played five minutes. That's John that, McCarthy that's, was your backup. And now John McCarthy has an MLS Cup. Saying that's that's your backup. That's your boy. That's... Also, fun fact about yet last night. Not only did the Philadelphia Union lose, the Philadelphia Phillies lost in the World Series in Game Six, meaning that this is the fir- Philadelphia is the first city to have two teams losing a championship game on the same night. Yep, that was according to Elias Sports, and yeah, that's not me. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. Can't be me though. Can't be Can't me. Though. Be me. That's enough for us. We've had a lot of podcasts for in the past two weeks and we're going to go on a mini vacation here so before we let you go mario go ahead and tell the people where they can find out more about you all right you want to know what i'm working on or you just want to see my recipes for a philly cheesesteak you can follow me on twitter at mario bio one you give you want to know what's going on in the world around you or just going on on the dmb you can follow tiempo latino as well at el tiempo latino on twitter go on their website el tiempo latino.com or if you want to put money in my pocket for thanksgiving you can just Buy yourself a local hard co- a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local newsstand or metro station today. I wonder if anybody who's actually looked at your Twitter account is still waiting for these recipes that you keep promising them. Uh, we haven't seen a darn recipe this whole year. Uh, don't worry, I'll put I'll post them up one of these days. <laughs> uh huh, sure. But in the event, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mana. Not verified, but always there. And always legit. <laughs> Special shout out as always to Ken McLeod and Patek for the intro music. Remember, rating, subscribe as always. Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your audio platforms. Just a reminder, we will take a couple weeks off here. And then we'll be back for World Cup coverage to see how some of our local guys are doing as well as the U.S. men's national team. But we thank you so much for tuning in this entire MLS season. To the Bad Hombres FC podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Adios.